You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the second episode of the Day of Locked on Cardinals. I am Lucas Smith, host of the show. If you missed the first one, it was between Jeff Carr and myself talking a little bit of the Hall of Fame and Scott Rowland specifically, uh, former Cardinal and former Red. This next one is going to be a little bit longer, talking about off-season to-do list for the Cardinals and Reds. Um, it was recorded on Wednesday before the Stephen Matz announcement. So just as a reference, as a, as a heads up for that, it was recorded before that. Um, so just just so you guys are all aware, but I wanted to still get this conversation out today so you guys could listen to it. Um, and it'll end uh, talking about, again, just some Reds and Cardinals off-season notes. We'll be back talking Monday more. Stephen Matz, hopefully it becomes official by that point, as well as any other news and notes from the St. Louis Cardinals. So hope you enjoy today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. Well, that would definitely be a, a welcome surprise, or not a surprise, a welcome sight to see. And I wouldn't mind if he was the only one that got in. Uh, yeah. He might be joined by a couple other uh, individuals in the Cooperstown Hall of Fame in 2022. But uh, we're going to go ahead and move on to some a little bit more uh, pressing topics, if you will, as we move into the offseason. Uh, it, it's still the offseason. Baseball is still operating at a regular circumstances as of right now. Uh, pending lockout seems to be all, all what people can talk about, but um, – you're not wearing any Reds gear. And we talked about this off air about why. Why don't you tell some of my listeners, my watchers, uh, why you're not wearing any Reds gear and give us an update on the Reds offseason. So it's something we've been talking about quite a bit on Locked on Reds. The Reds ownership, and, and it's coming through the general manager and the different interviews he's had with the press ever since the season ended, they have mandated almost day one of the offseason that they are realigning payroll with their budget. They are not worried about the holes in the roster. They are not worried about how they can improve and make the playoffs next year. They are worried about the dollar signs and how much people are getting paid. You saw that with Tucker Barnhart being traded to the Detroit Tigers to avoid even the buyout on his contract. They traded him to the Tigers, and the Tigers picked up the option. And to Tucker's credit, speaks to how good he's been. The Tigers are exploring options for extending his contract, so I was happy to hear about that. And then Wade Miley was given away. They literally put him on waivers. They didn't want to trade, or reports where they tried to trade him, but I don't know why you can't pick up a $10 million option and then trade him during spring training or something like that. I mean, he was mm-hmm. awesome last year. He was statistically, arguably, the Reds' best pitcher. And they're like, no, we don't want to pay him $10 million. We don't even want to pay him the $1 million to buy out his contract option. We're going to put him on waivers and see if anybody's interested. Ironically enough, the Cubs were interested. So now he's pitching for a division rifle. The Reds have been ridiculously cheap in this regard. And because of that, I said that I would boycott wearing any Reds gear. And it's been about two, uh, maybe three weeks now. It's, it's kind of hard to tell, but I have not worn a Reds hat. I have not worn a Reds t-shirt. I am waiting until they actually make a move that makes them better for next year. If they bring back Nick Castellanos, fat chance if they actually add somebody to try and replace the production that Nick Castellanos is leaving the void of in right field that would be nice 
then I will continue. I will re uh, restart wearing my Reds gear. But for right now, yes, red polo. Uh, yesterday on the podcast, I wore a Cincinnati Cyclones T-shirt. Nice. Uh, you know, minor league hockey team here. Yeah. I've worn Bearcats stuff because the Bearcats are amazing. I don't yes. want to talk about it. I, I am very. Uh, <laughs> I'm an uh, Illinois I'm, fan. That, that's why that comment was made. Uh, ooh. Yeah. And, and they, man, they were close with Arkansas tonight. I was. Or they haven't even seen that final yet. Right before, uh, right before we started recording, they they finished up. Arkansas ended up winning seventy three sixty seven. But yeah, it Ooh, was uh, it was a back and forth game all the way. It, there was this and, and okay, real quick tangent. There was this one <laughs> possession right there at the end of the game with like a minute and a half left that Arkansas had the ball, and I swore they got like eight offensive rebounds. Like the <laughs> the Bearcats just couldn't box out in that one instance. And I was a little bit annoyed, but Hey, it was still a good game. Love Wes Miller. He is the answer. The future is bright for the Bearcats, but uh, yeah, anyway, that's why I'm not wearing any Reds gear right now. <laughs> Sounds like we need to get a locked on Cincinnati Bearcats podcast going. <sighs> yeah. I think you might I be, get, you know, it. not, not that you're not busy yeah. enough, you know, with locked on Reds, MLB channel coordinator for locked on podcast network. You know, you're not busy enough, but <laughs> yeah, no, you know, I got time. I got time. <laughs> Yeah, well, the, the Cardinals have made a couple signings. Uh, obviously, they, they started the offseason by re-signing, or not even, before the offseason even started, they re-signed Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina, uh, so they will continue to haunt your nightmares for another year, Jeff. Uh, sorry to say. Uh, <laughs> as they, uh, well, that likely... Molina was, oh, no, that's that's this coming year. He's doing the farewell tour. I was right, yeah. Uh, if, they, they've said that they're, they're retiring, but... Lord knows if Yadier Molina will ever retire. And Adam Wainwright has a spot in just about any broadcast booth in the country waiting for him because, oh, my yeah. goodness, is he a good color commentator. Loves watching him, ironically enough, do the White Sox and Astros uh, ALDS this season. Um, so they made those moves. They re-signed TJ McFarland, left-handed pitcher that they acquired middle of the season as a um, – double play machine uh, looking to re-sign Luis Garcia. Yeah. As well. Those two guys really saved the bullpen, man. I've been talking about this uh, recently on lockdown Cardinals that, you know, when, when the big three of Henesis Cabrera, Giovanni Gallegos and Alex Reyes kind of got overused and taxed, th- these two guys are brought in as kind of no name pieces and they turn this bullpen around. Cause instead of having one, maybe two guys every other night, you had two to three, you know, three to four options of, of guys you could go to. So I think Luis Garcia should be a top line priority. He, he might cost you $5 million, but without that sign the Cardinals have anywhere from 30 to $35 million to play around in payroll. Um, as of this recording, they have not signed Steven Matz, although Steven Matz is expected to announce his decision by Thanksgiving, according to reports by John Heyman. And the Cardinals are one of, I believe, eight teams in on Steven Matz, who could have Steven Matz. Marcus Stroman is also um, linked to the Cardinals. Cardinals Twitter has gone bananas and wanting Marcus Stroman. I think they got Marcus Stroman and St. Louis Cardinals trending on Twitter yesterday. Uh, that, that's how um, that's how much they want Marcus Stroman. So uh, hoping if, if Steven Matz is signed and Marcus Stroman is not, Cardinals Twitter might go a little bit different direction. But there are three ways for, for me that the Cardinals can, can improve their team. Shortstop, if they don't want to go the direction of Paul Ding and Amundo Sosa, Trevor Story would be a nice, cheap option given the market. Starting pitching, Marcus Stroman, Steven Matz, as I've talked about, or the bullpen. Um, Luis Garcia would be a nice um, re-addition, if you will. Uh, Lars Nupar absolutely tore it up in the Arizona Fall League, so you feel good about him as a fourth outfielder. Uh, but th- th- this pitching staff w- was tested. In 2021, without Adam Wainwright, this team does not sniff the postseason um, because of all the injuries they dealt with and lack of performance. I'm not trying to just place the injuries as an an excuse. The the starting pitching also underperformed. 
So I think that starting pitching will be item number one. Uh, it, I would like to see them be aggressive and go for Trevor Story. I think that would be a nice reunion between him and Nolan Arenado. Paul Holden of Locked On Rockies might actually kill me if that happens. Uh, <laughs> but I, <laughs> Take I think, Arenado and him. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that, that would be unfortunate for him. But I do think that it's interesting to see where the Cardinals go because they're going to spend the money. They said they're going to spend money. They might take a while. Well, John Mozeliak, president of baseball operations, said it it's gonna, might be – you know, a patient off season, but they've got money to spend. They're no longer paying Matt Carpenter, Dexter Fowler, Carlos Martinez, Andrew Miller, all off the payroll. They all did. They did fine. Matt Carpenter had a tremendous Cardinal career. So that money is gone. They've got money to spend. And unlike the Reds, they are not realigning their budget. Uh, The the, the Cardinals, if they don't make an off season uh, splash, if you will, and I would consider any of the people that I've mentioned story, Matt Stroman, Strowman and Story more so, possibly. If they sign any of those, I would consider that a splash. And if a free agent signing does not happen in this offseason, uh, color me shocked. Because I think the Cardinals are ready to win. they got a new manager. And not, not, not that they haven't even been winning, because they've been winning. But they're ready to take that next step and go for a championship rather than a, a postseason run or a wild card berth. Yeah, and it's, it's funny you mentioned Strowman. He, he had a really nice performance against the Reds when the Mets played the Reds earlier. Uh, yeah last season. So I'd hate to see that on a regular, uh, but you mentioned Mike Schilt and that was something I wanted to talk to you about because I, yeah. I thought it was ironic. And I know that, you know, we had talked during the season at multiple times and I know that you were very unimpressed with Schilt, but I thought it was ironic that he was on the list for manager of the year <laughs> and the Cardinals like, we're like, nah, we don't want him. Like I, I just I, I thought it was crazy. And there were so many people, so, so many Reds fans that looked at what the Cardinals did and that crazy win streak and they made the playoffs and they moved on from their manager. And then they looked at what the Reds did and the crazy collapse and they missed the playoffs and we extended our manager. Like, what's happening here? Like, how did you perceive all of that? If, if I said this phrase once, I said it four dozen times philosophical differences. That, that was the reasoning behind John Mosdaylock <laughs> dismissing Mike Schilt. And what's crazy too, Mike Schilt earned manager of the year votes in 2018. He won it in 2019. He received votes in 2020. And as you mentioned, he was a finalist in 2021. And in 2018, he managed a team for the second half. That was it. Mm-hmm. He was winning. What was it that the prettiest of baseball was the most exciting Ron Washington with his, you know, our win that mill at third base exciting. Maybe not, but he was winning. He made a deep postseason run in 2019, 2020. Any team who made the playoffs deserved recognition, especially the Cardinals, because of what they went through with COVID and the doubleheaders and et cetera, et cetera and the winning streak, as you mentioned. It came as a shock. That day, I, 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 I just finished recording the podcast for that day because the news broke in the morning. And I, I hit end record, and I looked at my phone. I had three missed phone calls from my mother, and Twitter was going nuts. I, I didn't understand. Because Mike Schultz had been winning, he wasn't the most popular with the, with the fan base, and you know, you, you, John Mozeliak did not fire Mike Schilt because the fan base didn't like him. <laughs> but I'm just saying that for for, for some context. Right. Oliver Marmol could make or break John Mozeliak's career as a, as the Cardinals president of baseball ops because this is the third man that John Mozeliak has practically handpicked to do the job. He hired Mike Matheny. He promoted Mike. Or he promoted Mike Schilt after Matheny got fired. And that was a just that was a, you could easily justify that firing, by the way. And then he now he has handpicked Oliver Marmol after firing Mike Schilt. Bill DeWitt said it was a difference between Mike Schilt and Mosellock's camp, kind of you know dusting his hands clean of any of any of anything. 
What's up, Cardinal fans? Just a quick break between the conversation of Jeff and myself to tell you about the most wonderful time of year, Black Friday. This is Friday through Sunday only at Built Bar. Built is going all out to make this Black Friday weekend the most delicious Black Friday that has ever in the history of Black Fridays. They have new limited time flavors, new types of bars, and a winter wonderland of a deal. You can now enter the code LOCKED20 all the way through Black Friday weekend and get at least 20% off anything and everything at Built.com. They've got a new flavor out, Ruby Chocolate Puffs that has marshmallowy goodness covered in a unique chocolate, Ruby Chocolate. They've also got some lemon-dipped cheesecake puffs. If you love lemon cheesecake, then you will love these lemon-dipped cheesecake puffs. You also have a new bar called the Built Crave Bar. You will get two of our brand-new candy bars, Built Crave for free. Free, great, great deals at built.com. I've been on this site for most of the day today. I haven't gotten a lot done today, but most of the time today has been spending up built.com. Incredible deals for this Black Friday. Get these deals while they last. They end on Monday, so 20% off all built bars. You get two free Crave built bars at built.com. Plus, you get 60% off built broth and built boost and 40% off built swag. Just enter the promo code LOCKED20 at built.com. You won't want to miss it. So head over to built.com right now. I'm so, like picturing Moneyball whenever Art uh, Art Howe is just refusing to set the lineup that Billy Bean wants. Yeah. <laughs> is that kind of like what you're thinking too? A little bit, but I think that, and again, this could be me, you know, biting at the bait that John Mozeliak has let out. At least he has said that moving forward, managers will have autonomy. The manager will have autonomy. He has sold me on Oliver Marmol. Plain and simple. I, I, I'm really excited about the Oliver Marmol signing. I'm really excited about the Skip Schumacher as bench coach, former Cardinal um, as well, with, with the rally squirrel in, in the NLDS with his batting glove r- routine, ritual, and everything of that nature. Um, so I'm excited for this coaching staff. You mentioned that I wasn't a fan of Mike Schilt. I was probably one of the more positive Mike Schilt defenders around. And what was I a huge fan of him? No, I'm not trying to just say you're wrong, but I will say that I defended him more than probably the average Cardinal follower did. So I think that it definitely came as a shock to me. I, I am look, looking forward to what Oliver Marmol does. Uh, it, it was weird to me too, that, you know, if, if Schilt was let go for philosophical differences, then you hire his bench coach, which likely will have very similar philosophies to him, <laughs> but you also never know. Coaches stay together a long time and could disagree on, on key things, but heads on one thing. So I, I don't know. Um, but it, it was a shock to, to, to say it plainly. And I do not think Mike Schilt has done in baseball. He's going to find a job. He's a smart guy. He's been around the game a long time. Uh, it was just unfortunate to see his Cardinal career come to an end like that after being with the organization for 15-plus years and working his way up. Uh, basically, a Brian Snitker, a uh, much shorter amount of time and without the cherry on top of a World Series trophy. True. I must I, – that was probably just one conversation I was cherry-picking a little bit there. but No, uh, like you're right. Like, I, like uh, His bullpen decisions left a lot to be desired. His lineup construction was either the same for too long or too sporadic. And, again, it's you know, I'm not getting paid to do it, so it might be a little easier for me to critique, but um, – I'm excited for Oliver Marmol, um, but I have, I have a question for you. So, Jeff Carr, you're, you are GM of the Cincinnati Reds. You get to make one move: trade, free agent signing, firing, whatever. One move. Um, what what move are you making? Mm, I think the obvious answer, and it's what I would still do. Like I, 
I'd like to say that I could think of something crazy and pull it out of a hat and people be like, wow, I didn't think of that. That'd be a great idea. Resign Nick Castellanos. Like if, if you bring, if you bring back Nick Castellanos, I think you're still looking at a team that, yeah, it's got holes. It's got some pieces that really need figured out. And I read something the other day that said that they are uh, considering doing uh, the same thing that they did to fill out the bullpen this past year. And as any NL Central foe will know, that certainly worked for them, not for the Reds. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. It's not going to fix all ales, but it will certainly revamp a fan base that is absolutely, I mean, so far as my money is concerned, this is the lowest the fan base has ever been. Like, really? Everyone is looking at this team and thinking there's no reason to have expectations for them because they are telling us not to have expectations for them. They are telling us that we are more, more <clears throat> we they are more worried than their QuickBooks than they are about the win loss total that they're going to have next year. And there's rumors about Castillo and there's rumors about Sonny Gray and very quiet rumors. And I don't think this would happen, but rumors about Tyler Malley things, guys like that being traded to almost reset some things. And if you trade one or both of Castillo and gray, you can forget about contention next year. The reds are going to come in fourth. Uh, as the team is right now, they can be a plucky team that sort of fights there in the middle of the NL central. And who knows, maybe they catch fire and fight for a wild card. Maybe that's, that's a big stretch at this point. But the one move that I would make is to be bring back Nick Castellanos because you can sell the fan base on having him on the team. Yeah, I think that's definitely the clearer move, but it's clear and obvious because it's the right move, in my opinion. So I would agree with you there. I will, just a quick question, and you can give a quick answer if you want. You mentioned signing somebody to replace Nick Castellanos if he does leave, which I'm seeing reports of Miami being a fit for him, which is kind of surprising to me. But what are your thoughts on, on a Jock Peterson signing? Free agent, did a really nice job with Chicago and Atlanta World Series champion. I would love to see you – know, I wouldn't love to see it from a Cardinal perspective, but I think a Reds fan would be impressed to see that, that short porch and right field when that left him at bat. I would love to see it. It's funny because I have memories of Jock Peterson at Grand American Ballpark because I was at the Home Run Derby in 2015 yeah. whenever Todd Frazier beat him there in the final. Um, I I would love to see it. The one question I would have about that, though, is I know that you know he's a lefty. The biggest problem that the Reds had last year is you put a left-handed pitcher on the mound, you're going to shut down their lineup. They have to, if if they were thinking of improving at all, in any way, shape, or form this offseason, they have to improve against left-handed pitching. And I don't know I, – I haven't looked at his splits, but I don't know what his splits are against left-handed pitching. Mm-hmm. So I think that that would still remain a weakness even if they bring him in. And Castellanos was actually an exception to that rule for the Reds lineup of being able to hit left-handed pitching. So I, I would love to see it because Jacques Peterson is an exciting player. Um but I wonder how much he would cost, and I don't know yeah. that he would fix that hole. Yeah, well, you mentioned being bad against left-handed pitching. The Cardinals currently have four to five, four to six starters lined up for next season that are right-handed. So we'll see how that goes with the Cardinals setting rotation. <laughs> what did you say? So that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's just solid. Um, but to wrap up here, we'll finish up here shortly. Um, it was announced on Wednesday night that, that you mentioned before we went on that the um, – the deadline to tender someone's contract has been moved up because of an impending lockout um, and impending work stoppage. 
um, coming on December 1st and 2nd. Um, I, I just don't see anything getting done before then. Um, I don't know how long this topic is going to be. Do you have any different thoughts, any additional thoughts? That, that, that deadline being moved up, to me, is a clear tell sign that it's not happening by, by that deadline. Yeah, they, they might as well just to come out and said, there ain't no deal getting done. We're starting the lockout December 2nd because right. if you're going to go to the lengths that they're going to to move up that deadline, that's an important deadline. There's yeah. um, Basically, they even said in the ESPN article that I read about it is that they didn't want players who weren't sure if they were going to get tendered or not to be in limbo during the lockout. So this right. lockout's probably going to last a few months, and it's going to be a situation where they didn't want those guys being forced to either figure out if they're getting tendered a contract or if they were not tendered a contract, be a free agent and find somewhere else to play in about a month of time before spring training would start. I, I right. said, and this will, this will come out um, tomorrow, but there's a podcast that's coming out with uh, Jason Burke from lockdown A's Bryce Patrick from uh, lockdown Rangers and Ethan Smith from lockdown pirates and myself where we talk about a bunch of different stuff. And one of the things we talked about was the lockout and they said, all right, gun to your head. How long do you think it's going to last? When's it going to end? And I said, February 2nd, I think groundhog day is probably when we get a resolution to all of this, I like but I think there's going to be some time because when the owners came out and said war based arbitration, I was like, Oh boy, they are far apart on any sort of deal because there's no way a player is going to agree to that. Yeah. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. <laughs> no, I, I, it's unfortunate because to, to me, what, what was the, the time first was coming? And again, I'm not trying to be like, I predicted it, but this is what a lot of people thought about this. Um, what was 2020, COVID, uh, season, right? The debate they were having, the Players Association and the union, it was not about player safety. It was not about health. It was not about protocol. It was about how much money am I going to get? How much money, What what's the prorated salary actually mean? Like, where's the money going? What's the revenue going? Teams, how much money am I losing because of this? That's when I think a lot of people start to realize they are really far apart, a really crucial time in these negotiations. This lockout is coming. I'm being optimistic. I'm going to say I'm going to pull a date out of thin air. I'm going to go January 17th. Okay. That's not a birthday. That's not an anniversary. I saw it in January and I thought 17. So I said it uh, January 17th. I think that that's how long the lockout lasts. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's shorter, but we will, we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, it, it's a sad thing because I think baseball, if it's marketed right, could really do some wonderful things right now. It's unfortunate that a lockout is, is pending. One last break in the conversation between Jeff Carr and myself to tell you about bet online. It is your number one spot for all the sports action. So head over to the new updated desktop or mobile website today at betonline.ag and receive a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, locked on to receive that 50% welcome bonus. And it's not just football. BetOnline has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait. Take advantage of these incredible offers right now at BetOnline. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. And they have more props, odds, and lines than ever before. So more ways for you to win money. Bet online was stuffed with deals on this Thanksgiving, and they continue to be this Friday. So bet online is where the game starts. Head over to betonline.ag right now.
Now, it's funny you mention that. January 17th is Martin Luther King Day. There you go. Wow. Okay. Uh, maybe he liked baseball. I don't know. That, that, that's a big thing. Subliminally. Yeah, yeah. That's... <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be – there's definitely going to be lots that comes out of this. Like we said, the DH is coming. Um, we're probably going to see expanded playoffs in some way. Um, I don't know how much more radical it might get than that. I think that the salary structure is going to change in some way. I don't know if there's going to be a salary cap. I know that they've been fighting for that. The the owners have been trying to f- trying to finagle that in there somehow. But I And I'm sure – Lucas, you've said something to this effect. At the end of the day, we're going to be talking about all this. We're going to give our opinions on things. We're going to give our angles on how we see these different updates of the CBA and things that they're negotiating. At the end of the day, we just want baseball. Exactly. And I really hope that there's not going to be a delay because I've heard I've heard everything. I've heard somebody say it's going to get delayed. We're not going to see baseball till May. I heard somebody say there's not going to be a lockout. So obviously that's not going to happen. But I like to know yeah, who they're talking to. <laughs> right. I'm like mm. that might have been down the street at the local bar, but uh, yeah, no. <laughs> it, it's it, it's going to be it's going to be weird. And the unfortunate thing is. Baseball is in a position, Major League Baseball is in a position right now where they are the clear third biggest Major League or professional oh, sport. And they're going to risk a lot more damage to their sport if this lockout lasts any kind of long and forces a delay in the season. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the, you know, and again, both parties probably are going to say this. Nobody wants to delay to the season. Nobody wants a delay to spring training. Nobody wants to delay to pitchers and catchers reporting. Nobody wants a delay. Now, how willing are you to go? How willing is the players' union to to bend on their request to make that happen? And vice versa. How willing is, is are the owners willing to bend? Say, okay, you can have this, so we don't have a delay. How important is that really? Versus how important is you getting your money? Uh, I think that the, the, these contracts that we're seeing, the Wander Francos, the Fernando Tatis, these ten plus year contracts, and in Franco's case, pretty cheap for what he's projected to do at the major league level. Uh, that that could definitely be something that that is brought up in terms of contract structure. I think a salary floor and a salary or and or a salary cap will be talked about. Um, definitely the the level of competitive competitiveness across Major League Baseball is going to be talked about because I know you want more competitive baseball in Cincinnati. I know Ethan Smith of Locked On Pirates wants more competitive baseball in Pittsburgh. Yep. Uh, I just think that there are a lot of problems, and not that they're all going to get solved. And not that they all need to all get solved in the new CBA, but more problems need to be addressed than there are currently ones being addressed. And it, it's just unfortunate that we're, we're at this point and that we're pushing the deadline. And I, I, yeah, I, I agree. That, that I just don't think that there's anything that is going to happen in the next two plus weeks, give or take two two weeks and four days, two weeks and two days, <laughs> depending on when you're listening to this, um, that that's going to result in a in an agreement by that date. That's why it's one of those things that with this being Thanksgiving, it's like, what are we thankful for in baseball? Well, we're thankful for this. We're thankful for that. But in the back of our minds, we're like, but there's this stupid thing coming up that it's going to be, it's going to be interesting how everything gets navigated. It's, uh, it's not going to look pretty at all. You know, uh, hopefully we'll have brighter conversations ahead, my friend, but we're going to go ahead and, and, and wrap this one up. Uh, whether you're listening to this on Wednesday or Thanksgiving, depending on how Jeff and I cut this conversation up, we thank you for tuning in, uh, whichever day this is on Locked on Cardinals and Locked on Reds. And Jeff, before we go, why don't you tell Locked on Cardinals listeners where they can find you? 
You can catch me at Jeff Carr with three F's. I've been a little less active on Twitter here recently, but that's going to ramp up soon. And you can also find the podcast literally wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. On YouTube, and it's free wherever you want to find it, as well as Locked on Cardinals. I'm at LJ Fastball, as you can see down here. Uh, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, uh, at LO underscore Cardinals is the show's Twitter and Instagram account. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. And until Jeff and I talk to you the next time, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.